Good morning. Well, you made it. The last day of 2023. So happy new year to you. And this morning when I stepped on the scales, uh, I, I saw a number that I did not recognize. And so tomorrow, January 1st, I am resolved to go out and buy a set of scales that works. So, I mean, I guess the battery's run down or something. I don't know. But it's clearly wrong. <laughs> Seriously, though, I, I earned every pound. And uh, if you know what I'm talking about, you did too. Earned it all. We earned everything that we got this year, uh, except for the grace of God. We did not earn that. We're looking today at a passage that talks about what we earn on the day, on the judgment day, on the day where Jesus will stand and judge every person for what they've done. The only re reason we as believers do not earn punishment is because Jesus' forgiveness given to us, his grace. Because he's forgiven us, we receive a wonderful, eternal life, which is why forgiveness is a gift, which we're talking about today. Revelation chapter 20, as we finish our reading plan, our chronological plan this year that I've been preaching through, starting in verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Chapter 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, 
nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Heavenly Father, we thank you for that promise. We thank you for the end of a year where the next day gives us hope, gives us a, a natural time to, to start things anew, new patterns, new lifestyle, new behaviors. But Lord, it's also one day closer to being with you forever in a place with no pain, with no mourning, with no crying, a place where you'll be and a place where those who know you and love you and have faith in you will be as well. Lord, take this passage today, encourage us with it. Lord, I pray that my words are accurate reflection of your heart, that you fill me with your spirit in preaching, and that those in here today receive your word with gladness. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give you today three realities that the gift of forgiveness allows us. Three realities the gift of God's forgiveness allows us. The first actually concerns those who are not forgiven. Not everyone will be forgiven because, number one, unbelievers will be judged by their works. Unbelievers will be judged by their works. Verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne... And him who was seated on it, and from his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. This word for great means that it is larger than life, this throne. And John uses this size dimension to underscore that this is perhaps, or this is the, not perhaps, the, the most important judgment to ever happen. And why is the throne white? Well, white symbolizes purity and holiness, symbolizes victory. And God has chosen Jesus to, to judge humanity. And he sits awaiting the judgment on this throne. And during this day of judgment, the earth itself will undergo a complete change. The old order will disappear to give place to a new order. But in this moment, every person who has ever lived or died will be judged by Jesus. Look what 2 Timothy 4 says. Paul, writing the pastor Timothy, says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. In other words, because this imminent judgment will take place, Timothy, you have to preach the word. Preach the word. Why? Because people need to know that a judgment is coming. They need to know what Jesus has done. So preach the word in season and out of season. Preach the word, Timothy, when you feel like it. And when you don't, preach the word when it's easy and when it's hard. Preach the word because of this judgment. Acts 10, 42. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify 
that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. Preachers are commanded to proclaim to people that Jesus is the one who was appointed to judge all people, Jesus and no one else. John writes then in verse 12 of Revelation, I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. So John has this vision where he sees all people who've died standing before this throne of God. Whether they were important by the world standards or unimportant, doesn't matter, they're all judged. Every person's book was opened, and every person will have a book where their lives have been recorded. You will, and I will, everyone will. Everything we've done, and we're judged by what's written in the books. As you read through this, that seems like a very scary, scary thought. Amen? A very frightening thought. But beside every person's book, there will be the book of life, which we'll look at in a minute. But we see that every person will be judged by what is written in their book. This is consistent with what Daniel said in Daniel 7.10. The court sat in judgment and the books were opened. 2 Corinthians 5.10 talks about this. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done uh, for in the body, whether good or evil. Unbelievers will all be judged and deemed guilty of their sins. But there will actually be degrees of punishment, if you will. Luke 12 says this. And that servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act according to his will we receive a severe beating, but the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. This degree of punishment is not based on wickedness. It's based on the knowledge and access to the gospel. Those who have heard it over and over and over again, Jesus makes very clear the judgment day, and they've rejected it, makes it very clear that the judgment day will be worse for them and for those who've never heard, who have slightly heard. An attorney uh, was meditating on the scriptures one day, and he came to this conclusion that he decided to cancel all the debts that his clients had that owed him money for more than six months. He just felt like he was going to cancel them. So he, he drafted a letter explaining his decision, wrote it out, gave its biblical basis, and he sent... 17 debt-canceling letters via certified mail. And one by one, the letters were returned by the Postal Service, unsigned and some undelivered. Perhaps a couple had moved away, though not likely, but 16 of the 17 letters came back to him because the clients refused to open the envelopes and sign for fear that the attorney was suing them for their debts. They saw the name of the lawyer in the mail, and they said, this can't be good, because they knew they owed money. But if they had just opened the letter, they would have seen 
and read the good news. Amen? Out of the love and benevolence of that lawyer's heart, he sent him a letter. All you got to do is sign. And their fear and guilt could not bear to open that letter, could not bear to imagine the fact that someone would be benevolent and good enough to cancel their debt. Well, that someone is God. Amen? We have a letter. We got to get it to people. I'm so thankful to hear what our church has done this year. And when Colby was compiling those numbers and everything, it's thankful to hear that. But that's just a drop in a massive bucket. And, and, and we need to do it. And I'm glad we did it. And we need to continue. Because these are lives that are forever changed. But we need more people to have access to that letter. And then when they get it, we need to urge them to open it. We need to tell them that they have a good God that is ready to cancel their debt. Amen. Let's look back at verse 13 in Revelation. It says that, he, And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. And death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. Those who are judged by their works will be found guilty, of course. And this lake of fire is the place where, where wicked people are forever separated from the living God who will eternally suffer the torments of hell. And when death and Hades are both thrown into the lake of fire, uh, they, they are, the authority they exercise has ended. There will be no more death. It's been destroyed. And Hades, which is the place where unbelievers go to await final judgment, both of these entities are no longer needed. They are destroyed and that we see that these unbelievers will be judged by what is written in their books. And no one's book is good enough to save them. So that's the first reality. The second one is this, that believers will be judged by their faith. Judged by their faith. Their faith in God. Not their works, but by faith. Verse 15. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. See, the book of life is, saves. What's in the book of life is what matters. Those relying on their own works and their own books will be thrown into this lake of fire. Regarding heaven, Revelation 21, 27 says this, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Believers will be judged, but they'll be judged based not on what they've done, but on what Jesus has done. That's how we're judged. That's how we are acquitted. That's how we are deemed innocent. Now, believers will also have a judgment to evaluate and give various degrees of reward. But it's not a judgment that leads us to fear. Look at John 5, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but he has passed from death to life. Because of Christ, we are simply judged, we're deemed innocent, and then we're rewarded because there's no condemnation in Christ, and he has forgiven all of our sins, never to bring them up again. 
Look at Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now some condemnation. Oh, no, that's not what it says. What does it say? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Micah 7, 19. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. See, if you've been fishing, you know this. If something goes into the sea, it's gone. You're not getting it back. Amen? If you lose it, you might possibly catch somebody's old boot or something, right? That's more of a cartoon meme. But when something's in the sea, it's gone forever. You're not getting it back. Someone asked an elderly Christian lady, Ma'am, does the devil ever trouble you about past sins? She said, Yes. And the person said, Well, what do you do? What do you do when the devil keeps bringing up past sins? And she said, Oh, I just tell him to go east. (laughs) Well, what do you do if he comes back? Well, I tell him to go west. And when he comes back from the west, what do you do then? She said, I just keep him going from east to west and east to west. Look at Psalm 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Amen? You just keep going east to west, east to west. Isaiah 43, 25. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not. Remember your sins. This is the thing about Christianity that's so hard for us to understand about forgiveness. Because we forgive people, but often we don't really forget, do we? God does. (laughs) He forgives and he forgets. I will not remember them anymore. You'll be walking with Jesus and you try to bring up that sin. Hey, Jesus, remember that time? I don't know what you're talking about. He doesn't remember them. But for believers, it's important to know that there will be degrees of reward for doing the righteous acts of Jesus. Look at 1 Corinthians 3. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved as only through fire. Some of us are getting to heaven by the skin of our teeth, (laughs) but we still get there. And some of us in heaven will have the rewards based on what we've done. So that deathbed confession of faith, that thief on the cross, last-minute confession, their sins are forgiven as well. But they get there, and there's no really reward to enjoy and to worship the Lord with. But for the believer who's been faithful for years and years and years, there is rewards in heaven, and we're meant to enjoy them, and we're meant to worship Jesus with them. That's why they're given to us. There's no jealousy in heaven, because that's sin. We will have true happiness in heaven. Because we'll be truly delighting and rejoicing in God. So these temporal things that, that cause us to envy others or be jealous will not exist. And we will, uh, believers will be uh, rewarded in heaven. We'll be judged by our faith. Judged by our faith. And finally, number three, believers will be comforted 
by their Savior. Believers will be comforted by their Savior. When we walk with Jesus and he judges the world as we're reading here in Revelation, he's not just going to pat us on the back and, you know, just impersonally welcome us. We're going to be comforted by him. Good verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. God's going to be making a new heaven, a new earth that we're living on. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride would prepare for her husband. Beautiful. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Amen? He's no longer away from us. He's with us. He, God, will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Later in the book, it says there's no temple because there's no need for a temple. There's no need for sacrifices because Jesus is our sacrifice, and it's him we're going to worship in the new Jerusalem. In verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Every tear. General John David was crying the other day. I don't know if it was warranted or not, but he was crying. And I wiped that little tear off his cheek and comforted him as only a father can. As only our Heavenly Father can. Amen. No more tears. No more death. Verse 4. No more mourning for people because there's no more death. No more crying. No more pain because all these things have passed away. Amen. This is our future. When Jesus returns, you will be comforted in large part because you've been forgiven. That little booger said to me this week, Dad, do you forgive me? Because <laughs> he tells me he doesn't forgive me all the time. We're working on, working on that. I said, of course I forgive you. Yes. And you're comforted when you're forgiven. Before we close out this year, put a bow on 2023 before you go out in the street and shoot fireworks like a bunch of rednecks <laughs> tonight. I can say that because I am one. Right? Before you go out and do that, is there someone in your life before tomorrow, before the new year starts, is there someone in your life that you need to forgive? Tomorrow's the, the new year. Tomorrow's the year to make those resolutions. The day to do so. To make those resolutions. To buy those new scales. Is there someone in your life that you realize today, I haven't forgiven and I haven't forgotten? 
Today should be the day before you put that bow on 2023, before you turn the page to turn the calendar. Tomorrow is the beginning of the new year. Let's leave that pain and let's leave those thoughts in 2023. Amen? Let's just leave it back here. And tomorrow when we wake up, let's commit to forgive because Christ forgave us. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you've done for us in Christ Jesus. And Lord, if there's one in here today that's never placed their faith in you, that today that would be the day of their salvation. That today that they, they, would, they would come to you, Lord, and say, forgive me my sins. And you will forgive them of their sins, amazingly, Lord. That they'll place their faith in you and they'll be saved. So that day, on the day of judgment, they have a wonderful reward waiting for them. And everything they've ever done or will do, they will not be, will not be held against them. But in the book of life will be your name. And they'll receive the reward for that, Father. Father, maybe there's one in here today that's struggling with forgiving someone in their life. And it eats at them and comes up from time to time. And they have so much anger and pain. And maybe it's warranted. Maybe this person hurt them in such a way that seems unforgivable. Lord, I pray that they would have the courage to trust you today, the courage to give that over to you, that sin, because that sin, Lord, will be dealt with. That person's sin will be dealt with either on the cross through Jesus or in hell for eternity, but it'll be dealt with. They would give that to you, Father, and they would enter 2024 a forgiving person. Lord, we love you. Uh, Lord, we, we ask these things in your name. Amen.